Welcome, welcome to No Head Podcast, where we learn to live in the present moment and navigate life together. How are you doing, breathers? That's my name for all of you who are taking time to breathe. This podcast is available in all the podcast apps. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe and do rate me. It really helps others discover this podcast. If you're tuning in for the first time, my name is Dorothy Oko. And when I'm not doing my day job in communications, I facilitate a course on mindfulness called Search Inside Yourself. Today's quote is from James Baldwin, one of my favorite authors. Quote, Not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. End of quote. My guest today is Esther Mwende Masika. She's a strategic marketer, wife, mother of one, Tunu, and a poor parent to their dogs, Hans and Jumper. She's a believer and lives to impact people positively. Esther is the founder of the Bold One Out, a movement of extraordinary moms raising little angels with extraordinary conditions. Welcome. Welcome to No Head Podcast, Esther. Thank you. I am so thrilled to have you here with me. Before we begin, we always do a breathing exercise to just help us settle down, bring our thoughts together. Will you join me? Yes, sure. Thank you. We'll take a deep breath in to a count of five. We will hold to a count of two. And then we will breathe out slowly to a count of five. Let's start. Breathing in. Hold, breathe out slowly. Breathing in, hold, breathe out slowly. Breathing in. Hold, breathe out slowly. And now let your breathing return to its normal rhythm. Breathing in and breathing out. And bring your awareness back to this room. How was that for you? That was really relaxing, actually. <laughs> Thank you. I, I do that very often. <laughs> but that's this is something you can do anytime. Just three breaths, and it helps settle you down. Yeah, yeah. Um, focused. Maybe before we begin, I just want to let the listeners know you've got a cute and adorable <laughs> one-year-old Tunu. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I remember holding her last week, and I was just like, she is just so cute. <laughs> I wanted you to talk to us a bit about your first, Tulu is your firstborn child. Yes. 
tell me about your pregnancy and all the dreams you had, your first child. Tell me how that was for you. Right. Um, you know, Dorothy, they say every birth is unique. And um, I didn't know the meaning of that until I gave birth to, to Tunu. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I can say is my pregnancy was literally smooth. It was butter all the way. Um, I had no morning sickness, no... Nothing wow. to worry about. Not you. I was not working, so really I I was present for my pregnancy, <laughs> literally. I attended all my bath visits, uh, did all the scans as, as required, you know, and uh, maybe of concern was that the baby was not turning, so she was in bridge position, mm -hmm. which means she seated like a little Buddha in the stomach. Right, for the whole nine months. Yeah, so they're like, okay, let's give it some more time, then we see if she'll if she'll turn, but she didn't turn. So she, they told me, this will definitely be a cesarean for you. I was like, all right. I was hoping to, you know, experience a normal bath, but it's okay. Uh, I was also fine with that decision. I'm not a lover of pain. Okay. So <laughs> I was like, okay, stand out. Uh, the way it has. And uh, like any mom who's expecting their firstborn, child you'll go you'll shop you will dream of holidays with your child you will know when you go for service these are the outfits you'll be wearing you know mm. you'll buy the shoes you'll buy the clothes you will you know you'll choose family friendly hotels mm. even before the baby is here and that was literally me at its best come november 1st i had attended a worship service at icc which is my local church and I was to be there just for 30 minutes and because I was like, okay, I'm not going to be in church after this, you know, the baby is coming on November 22nd and uh, so this is my last service, this is my last official gathering in church and um, so I, I went for it, I prayed that I'll have a safe delivery of course and uh, just so you know... Uh, and this is November last year before COVID? Yes, right. and I was like, okay, right, uh, Lord give me the wisdom to raise this child of course in, in the ways that you've set out for her. I ended up staying in that, for that service for three hours, <laughs> the whole duration of the, of the worship night. Mm -hmm. And from there I went home, actually before I went home I went to grab something to eat and as I was licking my ice cream, Lo and behold, pain. That is what I can say. I've never felt pain before. That was pain. And I was like, mm, this is not usual. I licked my ice cream again because it subsided. Mm. Oh, it came 10 times, you know, worse. And I was like, okay, this is not okay. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. Right. Oh, this was, this is not that the baby is ready. I felt so I was like, I was like, mm, maybe this is Braxton Hicks. I've been reading about them, which is like false labor pains. Okay. So I was thinking, this must be maybe this uh, false labor pain things. But then again, mm, I know it's too much. Mm. And it subsequently, they just followed each other, you know, at very short intervals. The intervals right. were getting lesser and lesser and lesser. And so we rushed to hospital. And when I get to hospital, they're like, uh, so are you under the hospital package or do you have your doctor? And at that time, I was in between changing from my private doctor into an uh, hospital, usually have a maternity package. My doctor had told me that it's going to be a cesarean, him being, of course, it's private practice. It's right. way higher and uh, the hospital package was way more affordable. So I was, I opted for it, but I had not made up my mind on who was going to actually deliver my baby. Here I am, I'm in hospital, 
I am seven centimeters dilated. I couldn't believe it. I was like, gosh, if this was a normal pregnancy, I'd be done. Like in 10 minutes, I think this You is felt that yeah. even as you're going through the pain. Yes, because when I got that, they're like, oh, madam, you're seven centimeters dilated. And I was like, I can't believe it. I'm going to give birth in the next 10 minutes. But then it, it just snapped that, no, my baby is in breach. So I cannot, I cannot give birth normally. Oh, you told them they could, they didn't. In know fact, that? they could tell that the baby was in breach because you know, as soon as you get into the emergency room, they do the checkup. So they could tell that the yeah, baby so was in like, breach. Yes, so they're like you seven centimeters uh, dilated, and then I'm like, you know, my baby's in breach position. Uh, I did. I've been trying the whole day to talk to one of the doctors who I met at the clinic, but it was unsuccessful. Nobody had his number, wow. so I'm not sure. Now, whether I'm under the hospital package or, or not, you know, then my mom, who happened, who was there with me, uh, happened to call now my doctor because he's more a family doctor, actually. Mm -hmm. um, so he calls uh, now the private doctor and he's lost his keys. So my mom is like, so where are you? Oh, I'm in hospital. I don't know where I misplaced my keys. And my mom is like, my God, my daughter is here. She's ready to give birth. And he prepared the theater, got an anesthetist for me, a pediatrician who would now look at the baby once the baby was born. So once I went in, because they injected me. The injection? Yes, because I was in excruciating pain. pain. Mm. And it just settled, it just settled me. Because I was half, it was just, you know, a half surgery, so I can see everything. I'm actually conscious of what's going on around me. Oh, really? Yeah, so I was just numb from the waist down. But I could, so of course they put something uh, in front of me so that I don't have to see, you know, everything that's going on. But I could feel it actually. And was your partner with you in the no, hospital? No, unfortunately they could not allow him, allow him in because it was an emergency. Right, right. and your mom is also not there with you. No, so you're just alone. So it's just me and, and now at least and the, the only familiarity was the doctor that right. I met. The rest, I didn't know them. As they're trying to get the baby out, I'm noticing, oh, this is taking a bit too long, you know? And I'm like, I'm actually in pain. Yes, I'm actually in a lot of pain. I can actually feel, um, that is when I'm like, what is happening to the baby? What? And of course, I was put to sleep because now I am just adding. <laughs> Did the baby cry? No. In fact, I was like, this is not like the movies. Why aren't I hearing anything, you know? I like that. I like the movies. Yeah. And they put me to sleep, but I could, I could sense the struggle of the doctor trying to remove the baby. I actually could sense that. And when he realized I'm actually in a lot of pain, they just put me to sleep completely. Waking up, I saw my mom, I saw my uh, Jamal, I saw my sister, and I'm like, where's the baby? And they're like, no, you know, you're tired. This has been uh, uh, draining for you. So you'll see the baby in the morning. I was like, come morning, Nerobus to die and play. They're like, how are you, mother? You're well, you slept well, oh, let's take a walk. For a minute that I even forgotten I've actually gone through surgery. But I was surprised to be walking. So I don't know how they do that anyway. I managed to at least get to the toilet. Because yeah. it's it's not it's not easy to I was after surgery. You're a strong you're a strong girl. Yeah. And so I noticed in the ward I was that mothers were being brought their children and I'm like, oh, where's my baby? And then I'm like, okay, maybe because the baby came before time. It's probably they've kept her somewhere monitoring her. So when the nurse, when I told the nurse, I want to see the baby, they're, they're like, no, we've been told, uh, your husband said, you wait, you wait for him, you guys go see the baby. So I said, fine. Shortly after, one of the doctors comes in and I, I didn't recognize him. And he's like, you know, your baby is going to need surgery. And I'm like, me, my baby, why? 
Then I'm like, sorry, you're a doctor? Then he's like, no, he's uh, the, the baby's pediatrician. He was there during my birth. He oh, was so by this is how you, he breaks the news to yeah. you. Yeah, then he's like, has your gynecologist now has Dr. Manjula been here? Or my gynecologist been here? I'm like, no, no we've not seen each other. Then he's like, okay, he'll probably come and see you. And then, you know, he just like, vamoosed. I don't know where he disappeared to. And that's So you're when, wondering what surgery? I was like, what was he talking about surgery? And I told the nurse, no, 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 no. I want my baby. I want to go. I want, I have to see this child. Now, as I go down, I meet up with Jamal and we be going to Niku together, which is where they put the newborns for monitoring. And, and I'm like, why is it called Niku? This I see. And my senses are really heightened because ah, whatever he said was not sitting well, settling well with me. And so we enter Niku and I think Dorothy, that was the longest walk of my life. You know, others walk down the aisle. Walking down Niku looking for your name alongside your child was the longest walk I've ever made in my life. And as I walked and I'm and I'm like, okay, they don't know the baby's name. I didn't tell them the name unless the dad told them the name. But then again, we had not settled on her name. As we walk, do you know I passed my baby? Then I'm like, wait, my baby's not in here. Is this the only Niku there? Like, yeah, there is your baby. When I walked to where my baby was, I could not believe it she was completely upside down inside out she was just completely it's like transfigured so she her arms were behind her back her no. feet were facing her her stomach and for the love of me i could not understand why what happened did they miss did they did they do something during the cs that you know messed the baby up or is this something i did during my pregnancy oh my god it was just a whole lot of emotions going around and jamal is just holding jamal him. is just there because he saw it yes he knew he knew i don't know if there's a way you can break it that that story down i mean what do you start saying i was in disbelief nobody was there with my child the child is full of tubes she had actually lit up like a Christmas tree. And on top of that, I'm like, what's up with her hands? What's mm. up with her legs? Oh, so doctors come in, suddenly, five of them walking. And it became, this is the gynecologist, this is the prima. He's a prima pediatrician, so he's actually mm. been trained on babies who've been born earlier than their time. And then there was the orthopedic surgeon, and there was the occupational therapist, and there was the physical and now they're all staring down at her because they also don't know where to begin. And yeah. you are calm, you're not crying and no, wailing. The tears couldn't come out. They, it, it was all an internal experience for mm. me. And I, I it was out of body actually mm. for me. And I was so they've surrounded my baby and they're like, and I'm like, what's wrong with the baby? They diagnose and tell, and tell me she has bilateral clubfoot, that is why her feet are actually facing her upper body yeah, that mm. bent inwards. So that is, uh, it's known as bilateral clubfoot mm. or talipes equinovarus, yeah, which is- Well, official. you even know the scientific. I even know the word. Yeah, I had to just Google that. I'd never heard of clubfoot before, mm. but then I'm like, does clubfoot affect the arms? Then she's like, then they're like, no. 
they're also trying to figure out what, what could have happened to the arm. So mm. it became, it was all a story of positioning in the womb. Right. So wherever, where she was growing, she did not have enough room to grow. Mm. So as a result, mm. uh, she fractured her arm. She had fractured her right mm. arm. It, her left arm was in one position for so long. So mm. that is... That explains why it was behind her back. Right. First thing was to try and see how to bring the, the, the her, her arms forward. Because now this one was fractured. You could actually see the bone was protruding out of her of her body. And it was just unreal. And then I'm like, what about the feet? Now the good thing with the feet, club foot can be treated early. If treated early, then you prevent you prevent it from being a disability. And so they're like, uh, the method they will use is known as the Ponsetti method, which they do manipulation, which means they they stretch the leg and then they cast it in position. And then they'll do that for the next six weeks until they straighten out the leg to face forward. Uh, so they began that casting on that day, of which I just found it to be extremely heavy because she's extremely fragile. She's come before her time. In the pain. And now she's in casts. Poor baby. And now she's, and then now they'll have to figure out, they had, they made some splints for her, for her arms, mm. just to get them into place. And, and it was, it was a very difficult time. And as I walked to my room, because I had to leave them to, to attend to the mm. baby, you, you grieve your child. I grieved my normal child you know when you're expecting a baby you don't you don't think it mm. never crosses your mind that you're gonna get so many complications but right. especially when the screenings did not show when you're expecting a baby there are two screenings that are done one uh in the first trimester and then the second screening is the next ultrasound if you'd like is at around 18 to 22 weeks and that is when they actually look at the anatomical you know structure of the baby is all okay are her hands fine are her legs fine so they didn't catch it mm -hmm. and they even went for another one after now the the doctor was like wait where is it the baby turning actually so i really i went for another scan of which it also didn't show anything so this shock at bar uh was 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 a bit too much to handle but then again dorothy you wonder okay if i had found out earlier why would my why would my thoughts have taken me um so Would I you have carried the pregnancy yes, to, 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 to full time? Full time. You know, you, you, you wonder actually what would have happened had I, had I known them. So mm -hmm. I call it spiritual blindness. I think it's not unusual. How is it that the first sonographer didn't see, the second sonographer didn't see, the third sonographer didn't see, so this child was meant to live? What happens when you give birth like that? Parents, couples tend to blame one another mothers tend to blame themselves yeah did you at any point feel like have i done this did i am i responsible could i have done something better did you go through any blaming yes there was a lot of blaming that i did because our like i mentioned you grieve the normal child you should have, you should have had you know mm -hmm. because you pictured your life with uh, quote-unquote this normal child mm -hmm. you will be going to the park mm -hmm. you will be putting on these clothes you will be uh, you know breastfeeding all these things that come to mind and now you're not in a position to do all those things because of the condition that she has and still I was not satisfied with what the doctors were saying and I did blame myself because I was like during my pregnancy I also was not doing a lot of reading in terms of okay 
what should happen when I go for the first scan? What should they be looking out for? What should I be curious to ask? So I kind of like, I have the best doctor in town. So, uh, I mean, his, his work is to pick out on those things. Mine is just to show up for the appointment right. sort of a thing. But had I known that there were such things like birth defects, then perhaps it would have taken some interest. And also another thing that did not make me maybe research a bit more during my pregnancy is because there was no one in my family who had gone through anything like that. Mm -hmm. They've all been there, you know, beautiful babies. Mm -hmm. no one in Jamal's family yes, either. No, no. Mm -hmm. In fact, we were like, we were asked if there's any clubfoot in the family and no, none. Yeah. Oh, is clubfoot genetic? It can be genetic. Right. Yes. It's either, it's mostly genetic or idiopathic, which means they've got no idea why she has clubfoot. And it's prevalent in boys more than girls. So then again, I was like, wow, to mm -hmm. can just really come. Mm -hmm. You've really shown up into the world, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, I should have taken my screenings a bit thoroughly, or I would have sought maybe a second opinion the minute there were like, what would you have done? Yeah, what then would again, you have done? I don't know. I, what that's would you just have the done? thing. Just, that's just the thing. And I'm like, was I eating healthy? Yes. In fact, every day, Jamal would come from work, he'd spend 30 minutes, we'd walk every day. So where fitness was concerned, I was sorted. Mm -hmm. I was walking every day. So it was not a question of, I uh, was a uh, couch potato and maybe I lay too much on this side mm -hmm. and that is where the baby sort of found a way in and locked herself there. Mm -hmm. it, it was really painful for me. Yes, I was like, I should have been, I should have done better. Perhaps mm -hmm. I should have read more on these screenings because that is where, when you begin to research this whole thing in um, the States and places like that, mm -hmm. They actually detect uh, club foot quite pretty early in, uh, during the pregnancy. And what do they do then? And then they're given a choice. Also, when you read those support groups that are there, it, it's pretty sad because they're like, okay, your child has got club foot. So um, just know your baby's feet will be, you know, we, we, they can't really tell everything, mm. uh, you know, the full extent of the damage or, 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 or defect until you actually give birth. But for a mother who's going through that, the psychological effect is one thing I've never want to imagine. What is she going through in her? Because you know all that you right. think about is that Because problem. you have to make the decision. Yeah. And then you think about this problem and you think about how will I take care of this child with this problem that I've never had, I've never heard about. And I, I don't know if you read the success stories, how many have actually been successful. Mm. It's, it's going to be a lot for a mom, surely mm. when she's carrying the child to find that out. So to, to some extent, I was like, okay, maybe it's a good thing I didn't know. Maybe it's a good thing. It would have maybe affected my pressure or my whole pregnancy would have just been a negative experience because you cannot imagine you're carrying a child and there's a problem and it's all you'll be worrying about. Right. Yeah, it's right. all you'll be worrying about. So for me, my pregnancy was a positive experience. Mm. The minute they diagnosed the baby with her birth defect, on, on uh, upon arrival, that was the that is where now for me tables turned, and I was mm -hmm. like, I can't believe this is going to be my motherhood. Dorothy, out there, even mm -hmm. when you're looking for advice, it's it's it, the mainstream uh, parenting advice is for normal children. Right. You go, you give birth, you breastfeed, you take the baby home, you shower the baby. Mine was you have to learn this nursing skills 
then the baby did not go home immediately the baby went home after a few months mm -hmm. and how many months she when she was there for about maybe one and a half months yes going through the various procedures yes. they needed yes um, and also there was an underlying condition and they did not know exactly what it is oh yes because she was she had contractures and contractures are basically you are stiff jointed everywhere mm. and they and they couldn't quite understand what is what is this mm. they couldn't quite understand what that was at the time but i thank god they were the, were the, they able to find out later the, when I I was referred to, because the person who I had there was an orthopedic surgeon, so the orthopedic surgeon referred me to a pediatric orthopedic surgeon who now diagnosed her and was like, your child has atherogeroposis. And I was like, and I was like, how is it pronounced again? Atherogeroposis. Yes. And I'm like, what is that? Mm. And it's, it's, it's a rare condition. It's a very rare condition that occurs in children who have been in uh now in my case the baby was in one position for too long in the womb, yeah mm -hmm. and so it has caused her muscles and and uh, joints and her ligaments to be stiff so that mm -hmm. will need a lot of therapy so that you know you're basically oiling oiling the yes, muscles like a massage yes. thing so it's it's Poor baby. yeah so it's gonna be a lifetime of oh is that a lifetime it's it's actually, it's, it's, there's no knowing because, you know, AMC, the, actually the full name for atherogeroposis is atherogeroposis multiple complex, which means it affects people differently. So maybe for Tony, it was the arms, mm. for somebody else, it's the legs and the hips and the, so the clock foot was as a result as well of the atherogeroposis. Okay. So, mm. but for Tony, it affected her arms and her legs. But she's okay on the hips, mm. which we were very happy about because that tends to be uh, problematic. It was just now from there now we had begun our therapy all the way till before she left. It was a question of when your child is in Nico, it's you know, you're seeing people, mothers carrying their children, they're mm. embracing their child, they're holding their fingers. Mm. My child is in the incubator. The only thing I can do is put my finger in and try and you know, give her a sense of, I'm here. It was, you had to be present. You cannot not be there. It was just any single thing she does, you're there. This whole motherhood journey of like breastfeeding, mm. I didn't get to breastfeed my baby until she was about three weeks, four weeks. And that was on insisting because I was like, okay, the baby's in casts. Actually, how do you hold the baby? Because she was splintered. You can't hold the baby. So they had to stabilize her to some, so you'd go to the hospital to breastfeed? Yes, I was released after three days. Okay. Yeah. So I was a day bound. I became a day bound. So I would mm. go during the day and come back in the evening and go during the day and Jana mm. would drop milk at night because the, the baby is on glucose. So it is your milk. And that milk journey was terrible. Like mm. I would express it doesn't even reach five millimeters. Again, mainstream information that is out there. Mm. It doesn't apply to mothers mm. who've who've uh given birth to children who've got congenital anomalies mm. you are completely distraught psychologically it's like you're not there yes. so how is the milk going to come out it mm. was i can just say it was lots of prayer but i struggled the initial bit i really did struggle with milk and they were like no we so you're struggling with milk you're struggling with how to take care of this child yes. because it's your first baby, 
no one in your family has had a baby like that. Right. You're going online, you're not seeing any information that can right. help a mother who has had a child with congenital abnormalities. Yes. And is there shame? A baby? Because normally you take, and, and I realize this is how we can be insensitive as a community. We all, you know, like when you go to hospital, people just call and go, oh, you got a baby. Is it a boy or a girl? People never go, you got a baby. Is the baby well? Because then that would be a different people just assume. Right. Did you feel like now you have to explain to people, yeah, got a girl, but the baby's not well? The shame, I would not call it shame. Mm. Because uh because she came early, so many people did not know I'd actually given birth. It was right. just my immediate friends who knew. Right. But and I kept it that way because I could not imagine explaining this story over and over, over again. Mm. Oh, that would have been too much. Uh, only mm. and also because I was also not I, I was also in a process of learning what is this thing what can be done about it and and the information is so scanty especially in Kenya the information was so scanty and I'm like so where do people go is that what Dude, that's why I hope you are going to to start a blog a YouTube video even something that you can share because i think working for the company i work for that right. the challenge is always having locally relevant information right where you see a black person who has gone a kenyan who's gone through what you're going in you go this is what happens i have to tell the listeners when you meet tunu is the most adorable <laughs> child she is. just look at our photos when she was here we had she is the most loving you'll fall in love with her she's a fighter but how do you share that story so that, and there are many people who don't even go through the surgery that um, have helped upcountry, the club foot always ends up as it is. Yeah, it becomes a disability. It becomes a disability. It's actually, they call it, uh, the official term is a neglected club foot. Oh, that is terrible yeah, because is parents don't know. Yes, and it's something that is, uh, the treatment is locally available in Kenya. Wow. So for me, Actually, the, 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 the two types of mothers that I'm trying to reach out to, the mothers-to-be, I'm encouraging them to do just a bit more research on their, on their journey so that as mm. they take the screenings, you know, with another eye, let it just not be up to the doctor, to the sonographer to make out mm. what's going on. Ask questions. You know, especially on that uh, scan that's at around 18 to 22 weeks for the, uh, for the anatomy. Find out, are the feet okay? Not just the sex of the baby, because me, I was all about, I could not wait for the scan. Me and you scans are for finding out the gender of the baby. And I think that's what makes so it So that I can do a baby reveal. You can shop. Yeah, so that I can do a baby reveal. I'm with it. So I was, I was like, I want to do that cake that is half blue, half... <laughs> Oh my God, I can't believe it. That was mm. what all I was thinking of. With all my education, I was ill-equipped for what, what occurred. But I think that, you know, as you say that, I don't even think it's for mothers-to-be. I'm one of those patients doctors don't like because, first of all, I Google everything. <laughs> I want to yeah. know the medication. I, and, yeah. and I feel like it's my right. You, you, you've described the pain in your body that you said made me know something was I needed to go and see a doctor being in touch with your body and right. your body's pain, but also asking questions asking and doing questions. the research, yeah. not yeah. trusting someone completely yeah. with your body. You know, in the States, one in every 33 children born, live births, that is, 
are have a back defect. So in Kenya, I tried to look for One statistics. There are no statistics. Because no we don't document these things. Abroad, they have the National wow. Bath Registry, children born with a bath defect. We don't have it here, so we really don't know how big the problem is. How can we change that for you as a mother who's gone through it? Maternal health looks at a woman uh, when she's pregnant, during birth, and postnatal. Mm -hmm. And all three are supposed to all be positive experiences mm -hmm. for the well-being of the mother and the child. Now, when you look at child's health, this is the physical, emotional, intellectual, social well-being of a child, not the absence of infirmity. And so I think we, 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 we have to really sensitize Kenyan parents on what child health is, on what maternal health is. Because if we don't do that, then I'll assume when my child is not sick, ah, then the child is okay. You know, it's, it's a very funny notion to have. But no, if my child is not working properly, that's, that should be addressed. She's supposed to live a, an abundant life. She's supposed to live a, an independent life because you ignore that and it becomes a disability. Cut fast and it's care and clubfoot now in my case out uh clubfoot arthrogeroposis is something that can be dealt with locally because we have the occupational therapists we have the physical therapists and we have the hospitals who actually run clubfoot clinics so why aren't people going in for the care is it uh one of those cultural you know things so Shame is there in some mm. families because they feel, wow, the baby is not working. You guys have. You know, that is so simple. It can make you abandon your baby. It can make you, you know, your partner can decide to leave because, yo, they did not sign up for this. Talking about this is why I was going to ask you. I think when I see you and Jamal and, and Tunu and how you your care and your love for the baby is amazing. You have stayed together. How, how did you deal with it and how did he deal with it? Jamal is my pillar. Really, really he is. It started all by acknowledging, you know, the grieving process. Because this is what you expected. This is the life you had built in your mind. Right. And with, with uh, the child that you're expecting. And now it's not the case. So it took us to grieve. It took us to accept. Both of you were grieving. Yes. And you're talking about your grief. Yeah, because you see, you go home, the crib is there, the clothes are there. Then what? She cannot put on those clothes. She's in casts. Mm. She cannot put on, the, she's in splints. Mm. You know, she cannot take a shower. She's in casts. Mm. So you have all these things for the baby looking at you. And you can't do anything. In fact, you're like, should you donate them? It's like, so it's like that child is missing. Mm. Yeah, it's missing from your home. Right. And so you've been given this other one that now you, you have to show up for. So mm. we, 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 we accepted that this is mm. what Tuno is, is going through and we showed up for her. And we were like, mm. we will do everything mm. possible to attend to her. And, and I can tell you, Dorothy, the emotional burden is, is a lot. And... If you, the good thing is, if uh, once you accept what your child is going through, then you 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 take it. It's a day at a time. The mm -hmm. little things that you know, other parents out there would would not notice what we notice. We notice her first tooth, and it was like celebration. Mm -hmm. We notice that her foot is fun, doing funny things, and we celebrate the small things because it means 
it, it it's everything to us. Those are her milestones. Mm. She 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 went off the casts into her shoe. That was a milestone for mm. us. Well, somebody else is, you know, the baby is crawling. Us, we're not there yet. Mm. Yet the babies are the same um age. Now your baby is this heavy. Our baby is not so heavy because right. of what she's been through, you know? Mm. And it's about concentrating our concentration was on the baby not on our feelings mm. for a minute that you had to down out your feelings and focus on her because she's right. the fragile one and then she happens to just be a very jolly baby just finding Aww. something to and she just has this smile exactly. yeah oh and she so, has this smile that just exactly. melts your heart it like really i wanted does. to keep her the day she was here because yeah. she is she is love, but she's such a fighter as well. Yeah, but where is she she's drawing that energy from? I from you. She must be drawing out Of course, from your parents. Mm -hmm. So ours was to uh, allow a lot of positivity. You know, you can Google, and the first thing you find about you, like, yeah, what's going to happen to this? No, 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 no. You know, mm -hmm. and you freak, you completely freak out, and yeah. you're like, um, well, there's what the doctor's report is, and you have to seek help. We did. Tunu's journey with the clapfoot and mm. uh, she got off the casts, she went into her mm. shoes. Because Tunu is just one year. She's now one year. Right. So with the and the whole of COVID time. Oh yeah. Because now, we thank God in a way, because we didn't have many visitors. Mm. Didn't have, so we were able to concentrate on the baby. And then mm. I wasn't working. I even wonder if I was working. How many offs would I need to ask, ask for? Because Tunu needed, needs uh, her therapy three times around three times mm. four times a week mm. she needs then she has her pediatrician uh who she has to go see then she has her orthopedic so pediatrician you be, yeah you so, need to be fully present the financial load yes is heavy and you think hey somebody needs to go back talking about the financial load talk to me about it because i was imagining someone in the village they may not have the resources how have you been able to cope with that because it's a lot even when you talk about it the number of doctors she needs, the treatment right. is for a long time. Right, right. There's no insurance that's going no, to cover insurance that. Insurance does not uh, cover it's orthopedic. A, yes. Yeah. Oh my. So that was so that was the first. Um, if you don't be asking, it's just no, like not how to deal Let with this. When 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 we decided we're gonna have a baby. We were like, okay, we'll be putting this amount of money aside. And then you go and look at the hospital package. It tells you, okay, it's 160 Gs. Then you're like, we'll, if we put 200K, we'll be sour. We'll be mm. okay. But you don't think about these eventualities. Yes. By the time we were leaving hospital, I think we had spent a million something. Yeah, because the baby is in Nico. And then those whose children, in fact, is in Nico, but the HDU side. Mm. Then those whose babies who left behind who've been there. The, the stands for it, it's like the newborn unit. It's like okay. the, yeah, it's the new, newborn unit. So now you have my baby was on the HDU side. There are those who are in um in ICU itself. Forty thousand a day. Bad. So <laughs> you've not started putting in doctors' fees because there's the one who right. come in check on the heart. Mm. There's the one who come in check on blah blah blah. Mm. There's you know, and every little thing is charged for cotton wool. It's ridiculous. Right. That they will it's 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 a business. People have not heard about in very many stories are Nico nurses. Those ladies need to be I don't know what we need to give them out. Oh that's them. so good to hear. They take care of these young babies. You know, they yeah. their care. Yeah. 24 hours. 24 hours they're newly born. Even with this COVID times. 
and they they just like were my angels because you know i'd go home because now i can't sleep in the in the, in the hospital really i'm fine mm. there's no point of me sleeping there so i would commit every day so you leave your baby in the care of this strangers who now become your friends mm. and who encourage you please bring pictures please bring pictures encourage other mothers mm. exactly that's yeah. it because other mothers may have given they didn't have your strength yeah and your resilience yes so we braved through it we accepted the situation and then we had a lot of family support the reason oh. i'm asking is because i think that there are many people who are listening and sometimes you don't know you hear your friend Esther has a child with but you don't know how to help. Yes. But one of the ways is you probably bought this dress that the child will no longer use. Mm -hmm. But maybe the best way of showing up for you is saying this is here's some Mpesa with some money just to contribute. Yes, especially because people country. don't know. So I want no, people fact, to know how can they help yes. in these situations. In situations like this, what mm -hmm. I can say. Be there. Check up on the mother. Mm. <laughs> Check up on the mother because the child is dependent on the mother or right. on the parents and yeah. the, or the caregiver at mm. that particular point. Mm. So if the mother is not okay, is not there because the, the parents mm. will check out. And maybe there are other families who, there are other siblings who are there and um, mm. if, if you don't check up on the mom, then they can be concentrating so much on, on the child. On the child, they forget. Yeah. There's a whole environment around them because everything changes, Dorothy. Mm. You will never live life as you used to. When you're thinking of moving from point A to point B, it is it is it's suddenly rocket science. Mm. Yeah. How will the baby sit? We need to buy trousers that you know the casts mm. can. She's already small, so she's not fitting in those clothes. If the baby cries at home, where do you start? Is it the arms? Is it mm. the legs? Unlike a normal, mm. a, a normal child. So I, I reach out. I sometimes I'm like, okay. So we have the doulas. What about a mother who is grieving? This is a, someone who started mm. the the motherhood journey in a very different, different way. So your calming techniques they leave us out. You'll be like, okay, put the baby on the rocker. The <laughs> baby cannot sit yeah, on the rocker. Put the, do this and this. So, so we are not inclusive, up. exactly. Yeah, we've been totally left up. Yeah. You're, you're, you're speaking of a child who goes home after three days. Hours goes home after a month. Yeah. How do you adjust? How do you adjust with this child? You're talking of the psychological effects mm. that it has on a mom. Mm. Uh, and of course that will have an effect on milk. Yes. On everybody in the family, you know, yeah. when mom is not okay, everybody, mm. you know. And it resonates everywhere you go. I wish that there was a place that would would have information for moms mm. going through experiences that I have gone through. Because birth defects differ. Uh, mm. Mine is bilateral club foot and arthrogeroposis. Mm. For somebody else, it's cerebral palsy. Mm. Somebody else, it's Down syndrome. All these things, it teaches you have to be. Now you're you you've just been born as a mother. Now you become also a nurse. You still have to be. You know, maybe show up at work. You still mm. have to. Even when you have a nanny. You don't want to leave the baby with the nanny because the nanny is scared that any not even sure how to she's going to deal with your baby so they go because they cannot run the risk of eh, something happens and then i'll be blamed yeah because the baby is so fragile so you don't have any peace of mind and you know even when it comes to employment 
are, 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 are employers sensitive to moms mm. who are like this so they'll just be like she's asking for too many too months. Yeah. yeah they don't understand yeah. but so there's need for education there's need that's for really education. there's need for education and there's even where you had spoken about research what needs to be done mm -hmm. we need to change our angle of research we don't have to be re waiting for attention to be given to club food no 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 it's the inattention also mm -hmm. that needs to be researched mm -hmm. where are we not paying attention mm -hmm. to this birth defect they mm -hmm. are there mm -hmm. they are there, i'm sure but nobody is recording this children's home that that and i and i feel sudden actually when i began this journey and i'm actually uh, documenting Tunu's journey mm. because you can't show me before and after photos mm. there's no magic feel for my situation mm. or for any child who's been born with a congenital it's usually a journey it's a journey so mm. it's a lie to see before and after it's it's more realistic to see wow this was day one yeah. this was week one this was this is where my head is at. Yeah. This is where the baby is. Is the baby achieving the milestones? Because they are otherwise a healthy child, aside right. from the condition right. that they have. Right. Which means that they will hit their muscles maybe later. But it encourages a parent out there that you are not alone. Imagine there's someone out there who's going through the same thing you're going through. Mm. Maybe even worse in mm. some cases. Because there's some who have to be dependent on machines, have to be dependent on, uh, you know, have a caregiver who's mm -hmm. full-time. And it's very heavy. For a first-time mother, you uh, if I had children who are okay, and then the third-born or second-born right. again, you know, you don't look out. Because you just assume, ah, my first-born was okay. Yeah. Second-born was okay. So what's this now? And I also don't think Is it that, drugs? Is it my nutrition? I also don't think though, Esther, that when you're in that state, and I haven't been pregnant, I don't know, mm -hmm. but I don't think that when you're carrying this life in your stomach, that you can think anything not working out. Right. Isn't it? Yeah. It can only be good, and that's why the shock when it happens, because we all expect that it will be wonderful. Yes. It will be whole. Yeah. The baby will be whole. Yeah. The baby will fit into the crib you've bought. Right. You will do the unveiling. Right. And then you find out that it's not there. You have said something that I really liked. You talked about you'll never live life the way you used to. How has Tunu's birth changed the way you look at life? If you want something so bad, be prepared for whichever form it comes. I'll tell you this, when I when I read stories or hear my friends talking about, say, I really want to have a child. I really, really want to have a child. And, and I'm like, you got to be ready mm. because you don't know, you're not in control of that process. God is. Mm. And so you don't know what he's going to place in your hands. And whatever it is he will place in your hands in, in, is what he'll place in your hands. Mm. It's still a child, isn't it? Tori is still a child, mm. still my child. And has all this, and you have to be, you don't know which form these things are going to come in. It's like, you can change jobs and you'll be like, okay, it has good pay, but it will have its own challenges. You know, maybe more, uh, the pressure at work now will increase and you've got to be ready for it. You've got to arm yourself with, with knowledge, with support. You can't do this alone. You have to get friends who are, are, are ready and willing to go the extra mile for you. My sister would bring me uchi, would bring me bone soup, would bring me God knows what. Because she's seeing my struggle with milk. And I drank that fenugreek thing. I don't even ever want to see it again. 
those bitter herbs, I drank them all. Why? Because mm. she made me focus. No, it's not about. Sometimes she's like, it's, it's about the baby. It's about the baby. You just take it mm. in. And you sometimes you need that person who get you out of your thoughts. Eh? Because you can, when you decide to concentrate too much on your thoughts, then you can get into this shell where you're like, nobody loves me. I can never move around with this kid. I can't handle how many people will be staring mm. at your kid. Because people stare. People really, oh mm. my goodness, mm. they really stare at you and they're like, this, this one, I think they, the baby fell down. They must have mishandled yeah. it. You know, we look young. Do, yes. So maybe. Do people yeah. stare a lot? Do you feel people like answering? Really stare. Do you? The only people who are very genuine mm. are the children. Yes. Because they'll come. Like what that. happened to the baby? Oh, they ask. They yes. do ask. Yeah. yeah. And for them, you break it down to a language that is understandable mm. at their level. Oh, mm. you know, the baby, this is what happened to the baby. And what do they say once you've said that? Oh, they're like, I hope she gets better. Oh. I hope she'll come and play with us once she... And I'm like, yeah, she definitely yeah. will. And when you put your child, you know, never ever seclude your child from normalcy. Mm. Go to the supermarket with the child. Mm. I mean, who wants to be locked up in the house? <laughs> Nobody wants to be... I, we accepted her long time, her situation. So we walk with, we don't even cover her. Right. You know, before it was sheets and sheets and sheets of, so that nobody even understands what's going on with You that. used to do that? Yes. When we're going to the clinic, you know. Because you, you don't want anyone you to don't ask. Want, you're not in the mood of being judged. But this is a this is a lesson that I, I, I want other grown-ups and other parents and other adults, when you see someone who has a defect or an abnormality don't stare either ask the question what happened it's better to talk than to stare be right. like the children yeah because we stand we don't say anything yeah say something say poly yes. say bon courage be of good courage yes don't stare because you're making the parents feel uncomfortable what are they supposed to do they've yeah. got a child who has a defect right what right, should they do right. hide the child the idea of people opening up and talking and not pretending or, or, not, seeing. or not seeing it yeah. isn't it and being like the ch the children mm -hmm. but the other thing i wanted you to to share with us because when you told me about that it really warmed my heart yeah tell us about your father because i thought that was such a wonderful story because you are not even aware of what your father was doing right just, just tell us because <laughs> I find that that's the story because that's how our fathers and our parents show up for us. Yeah. They don't scream and say, I'm here. Yeah. But they're there. They're there. Tell us that story. So, <laughs> I have the best dad in the world. I think so too. I, yeah, I really do. I, I applaud the men in my life because mm. they have really shown up mm. emotionally physically, spiritually, name them. They have shown up for me. In life, my dad is a, is a positivist and he's always been optimistic. He he does not look at the wrong. He always looks at the right. Even in COVID time, there is something that he will say and you'll be like, okay, you, you're just on this boat bubble. But it's not really a bubble. He really is an optimistic person. He's not a warrior. He, he does not understand the sense of worry. It never solves anything. In fact, it just, you, you, you just become, you just get into more of a mess. You dig that hole deeper when you begin to worry because you make this problem so big. 
than he actually is. So he's not a warrior. He, pre he prefers to look for solutions. He prefers to give you encouragement. So when I had to know in hospital, because I, after three days I was, I was discharged, so I would be a day bug. Mm. Uh, so I'd come in maybe around eight or so and leave maybe around five. And there was a particular nurse who never used to know who I am because I'm not in the ward. So she used to wonder, who is this child's mom that never, we've never met? And then again, she used to come in the evening and then leave very early in the morning. So we never met. Mm. Now, once I went very early because they, they had told me, uh, Nico called us and told us, yeah, the baby's, the baby's appetite has increased. The baby brought. Mm. It's you know, over. And it was good news. Can you imagine? We were like, what? She's finished that milk? And, you know, pumping, pumping, and we were there in the morning. In fact, I remember that day, I was like, in fact, today, I'll take her the milk personally because I never used to go every day because, of mm. course, I'm still here. And that is when I met that nurse and she told me, are you, are you the Esther Masik? I'm like, yeah, why? You're, you're the baby to baby Esther Masik. I'm like, yeah, why? Your dad comes here every morning. I'm like, every morning? What time? Around six. There comes a sub the baby, checks up on the baby. And I'm like, no, you're lying. He's like, no, your dad comes here every, every day. day. And he would call me on phone. He's like, he, he's, he's really an early riser. So he'd always call me on phone and he's like, how are we doing today? How is that soldier of ours doing? And how is, he would never speak about the situation. Mm. He would always speak about how we are overcoming this. Yeah, that kind is a fight. In this family, we fight. We don't, you know, we don't wallow. We don't, we do not give up. We do not, we will do everything necessary. And then he'll give me some funny story there about maybe his day or how yesterday was. But he'd make no mention of anything. Right, but he'd been at the hospital, had looked at his granddaughter. Nothing of that sort. Mm -hmm. And he would... And when he told me that, and I decided, you know what, I know why he's keeping it secret because, and I found it so important. And when I look at Jamal now, I'm like, I want you to do the same for, for to me, to be there. You don't have to be in her face, mm. but you can be in the shadows. Right. So every time I walk down, you know, when I used to make my way to Nico, I was like, my dad was here today. I wonder what he told the baby. Because you see, when you face a child, you talk to the child. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, these gamers have been talking things mm -hmm. because you can see how the child is responding, not only mm -hmm. to medicine, there's a way you can speak positivity right. to a child. Eh? Speaking positivity, yes. I love that. Those, those hands, you know, those legs will walk. These mm -hmm. fingers of yours, these fingers of yours will pinch people, these fingers of yours will, you know, mm -hmm. you have to speak life into your child. Mm -hmm. Yes, and that's what I understood because every time I speak to my dad, he's like, ah, don't worry. This, uh, the baby will be running in no time. He never at any mm. one point doubted right. as to whether this is because of his beliefs mm. or the fact that he's just an, an optimist. Mm. And then again, because she's fragile and he, he one day would want her to know, you know, your grandma, your granddad used to come here and see right. you. And those are beautiful stories to have because he's a busy man. And the fact that he made time, at mm. his time, he used to go at his time. He doesn't have to come when everyone, you know, is, everyone there. is there. No. Mm. It was that, those silent acts that made me know that, you know, love, love, love is really a beautiful thing. It is, isn't it? And seeing Tunu, she embodies that love. You know, like when I saw her, I mean, I 
you told me about when i see her she's just you can't but have love for her she's just such a delightful child yes 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 what does the future look like for you now my future is very exciting she's given me the courage to to reach out sharing your story sharing as my journey with her as a first time mm -hmm. mom and raising her with her congenital anomaly is not is not for the faint hearted yes it's for the brave somebody has to pick up that mantle and encourage other mothers out there or other families out there who are suffering in silence because mm -hmm. they have a child with a condition or a long term illness or so that this journey you're not walking in it alone uh, others have gone before you others are going through it as you go through it it encourages you to reach out reaching out to people means that you are you know the way they say um like in the bible my cup runneth over mm. it really is because this story is not benefiting me yes it is benefiting me because i am healing mm. by talking about it mm. but it's benefiting others as well because they understand that this can be done there, there, there are certain uh birth defects that when actually you go about reading about them they're already calling them disabilities mm. and i'm like mm, that conversation needs to change mm. it's not a disability because disability really it feels like an end right no some of these conditions are reversible or unmanageable right. so but when you when you have such um you know dead end words like disability right. thrown about yeah. then even the mother's like ah oh, she's she disabled right. she's not disabled she's differently able mm. she's differently able it's all a question of seeking early treatment so i really yeah. am advocating for mothers to seek early treatment because then you avoid the child being you know having to step into the disability realm right. and having to be fully dependent on um on, on other people when you had the chance so just it doesn't matter if even you don't don't be too hard on yourself everybody's different everybody comes from a different but seek mm. out seek the help because you you find it's right at your doorstep you just didn't know and i and i and and that gives me more impetus to speak because i feel even by somebody stopping me in the supermarket to be like what's going on with you i have passed information for the day right and i feel happy about that mm. or i'll go to the salon and someone will hear me talking about my story and will go like you know my son tiptoes my son does not walk on you know flat and yeah. i'm like yeah that's club food so they also didn't know because it can sometimes it comes uh now this birth defects they they either can be um diagnosed during pregnancy and mm. birth or sometimes later much later much later so like in the case of which uh, is harder the tiptoeing yes thing. the tiptoeing things it means yes it's still a form of like your child you need to be you need to be present with your child I love that that is such a powerful way to even end this story yes be present because that's yes. what no head podcast is all about right. it's about being present yeah. being present to what you're going through being present with your child right being present with your pain right esther it's been such a delight <laughs> and i wish you really all the way tunu is such a lovely baby <laughs> And I think that she was meant to be with Jamal and you because you are amazing parents. You've got the resilience, the strength, the love. 
that Tuna needs. Right. And right. and so I just wish you courage. I wish you strength. And can't wait to see Tuno just be just that joyful, <laughs> bold, able to do the things she wants to do. I see her running. I see her playing around with yes. the Christmas tree. Oh, we love farm that. Yes, I see that. I receive that for yeah. her. I really yeah. do. I really yeah. do. She's gonna amaze. I think these these she has an assignment on this app, and and she's that. gonna touch the lives of of people she doesn't even know. Wow. And she doesn't. And you know she's gonna touch the lives of of people. She's gonna change the trajectory, the way they think. And I say amen. Always. Amen. So I look forward to her. Oh, thank <laughs> you so much. And I look forward to also you starting this group. I think it's not just about you raising Tunu. It's about the voice you're going to raise right. through raising Tunu. Right. So that mothers and families can be more present mm -hmm. to the things around them, to yes. what we are calling disabilities and defects. Right. And to see that there is hope because you Absolutely. have shown us that there is hope. Absolutely. And yeah. I mean, Tunu has her page now. It's called Tunu Chala on Instagram. Oh, Tunu. Oh, I need yeah, to or know that. Mama Tunu Tale. Okay. So anybody who would want to just learn a bit more about what uh, of how her, our journey has been so far can always come there can always hit me up okay and uh and you know pick out something you don't know who it's going to assist out there right yeah yeah thank you thank you so much <laughs> thank Esther. you so much for having me thank you Well, that's all today in No Head, where we learn to live in the present moment and navigate life together. Thanks for listening. You can follow me on Instagram, No Head Podcast. That wraps up what I have for you today. Catch you next time, my friend. May you take time to breathe and be curious. And may you learn to listen to your body. Bye-bye.